Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today is Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. On this day in 1962, serial killer Graham Young, a.k.a. the Teacup Poisoner, murdered his 37-year-old stepmother, Molly. Her death marked the first kill of Graham's twisted career, all starting at the tender age of 14. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today, we're covering serial poisoner Graham Young's first known murder. Now, let's go back to the morning of Saturday, April 21st, 1962. Fourteen-year-old Graham Young sat at the breakfast table and admired his handiwork, His father was across from him, reading the paper, his face haggard and eyes hollowed, surely the result of yet another sleepless night of stomach pains. His sister, meanwhile, pushed her scrambled eggs around on her plate. Graham observed that she looked paler than usual. He'd write it down later in his journal. But the person whose symptoms he was most interested in were Molly's. His stepmother, Molly, stood at the stove, cooking a breakfast her family was far too nauseous to eat. Graham observed the way she struggled with the weight of the cast-iron skillet. She looked fragile, as if she'd crumple at any moment. Graham thought it was fascinating how Molly continued to perform her charade of loving wife and stepmother, despite her rapid decline. But after all, she had no idea the kind of havoc that was being wreaked inside of her, in all of them. Graham was conducting an experiment, and his family, Molly, his father Fred, and his sister Winifred, were his test subjects. They just didn't know it. For the past year, he'd been slowly poisoning them and recording the effects. But his stepmother was the primary subject of his macabre studies, his pièce de résistance, if you will. Last year, he started Molly on a steady dose of antimony, an incredibly toxic metalloid that, when ground into a powder, was easily slipped into food. Soon, her hair fell out in clumps, and she rapidly lost weight. She seemed to age 15 years in one and complained of intense pain in her back and stomach. All the while, Graham observed her symptoms. He stood outside the bathroom door as she retched up her meals, jotting down her progress in his journal. A dash of antimony at lunch made her vomit. A sprinkle more at dinner kept her up all night with stomach pains. 
but as much as he enjoyed seeing Molly suffer, it was getting rather boring, so he decided to introduce a new variable into his experiment. He switched from antimony to thallium. This was a toxic heavy metal found in rat poisons and insecticides. It was colorless, odorless, and tasteless, impossible to detect. But best of all, it led to a particularly painful death, the perfect poison. The previous night was Good Friday, and before the family sat down to a formal dinner, Graham spiked his stepmother's plate with 20 grains. It was enough to kill a person six times over, but he wasn't taking chances, and he got rapid results. When Molly sat down for breakfast the next morning, she'd barely touched her eggs. She complained of entirely different symptoms, pins and needles in her hands and feet, and her neck was terribly stiff. Perhaps she slept wrong, Graham offered brightly, and the family all solemnly agreed that it was just temporary. Molly decided she would power through. Tomorrow was Easter, after all. She had to go to the market and pick up a ham. After breakfast, the family cleared out of the house. His father went to the local pub, his usual weekend routine, and Molly left to do her shopping. As Graham waited for her return, he felt almost giddy. Today was the day. With as much thallium as Molly had consumed, he was sure she'd die at any moment. He just hoped he'd be there to see it. Hours later, when he heard the front door open, Graham grabbed his journal and ran down to the kitchen. He watched as Molly staggered out to the back garden. Once she reached the lawn, she screamed, her knees buckled, and she collapsed. As Molly writhed in pain, she cried out for Graham to help her. She wailed over and over, but the boy didn't move. Instead, he gazed out the kitchen window, transfixed, marveling at what he'd done, watching as the results of his work played out beautifully before him. Coming up, Graham Young's twisted experiments are uncovered. Now back to the story. On April 21st, 1962, after months of steadily poisoning his entire family, 14-year-old Graham Young took the life of his 37-year-old stepmother, Molly. Soon after she collapsed, Graham's father, Fred, returned from the local pub to find his wife writhing in agony in the back garden. He ran to her side to comfort her, but as he phoned an ambulance, he saw Graham in the kitchen window. He was watching, entirely nonplussed, as his stepmother convulsed on the ground. Fred was too preoccupied at the time to dwell on his son's odd behavior. Instead, he rushed Molly to the hospital, where she passed away a few hours later. Doctors were baffled by Molly's symptoms, but when they discovered a collapsed vertebra, they ruled the cause of death as a spinal injury. Deterioration of the spine is a common effect of long-term antimony poisoning, but the doctors surmised the damage was caused by a bus crash Molly was in a year before. No one expected poison. 
So teenage Graham continued his experiments undeterred. At Molly's funeral days later, several relatives reportedly became violently ill after eating the sandwiches at the accompanying luncheon. And just days after, Graham's father was hospitalized due to intensifying flu-like symptoms. But this time, doctors correctly diagnosed his mysterious illness as antimony poisoning. One more dose, they told Frank, and he'd have been as good as dead. But even with his diagnosis, Fred refused to believe that Graham had intentionally poisoned him. He knew his teenage son was an avid amateur chemist. He convinced himself Graham had only accidentally contaminated the kitchenware. It wasn't until weeks later, when his science teacher discovered suspicious journals and books on famous poisoners in Graham's school desk, that the truth was uncovered. The teacher immediately called the police. On May 23, 1962, more than a month after Molly's death, Graham was finally arrested. In custody, he confessed to attempting to murder his father, sister, and a boy at school, but he refused to admit that he'd killed his stepmother. The 14-year-old was sentenced to 15 years at Broadmoor Hospital, a high-security psychiatric facility. At the time of his admission, he was the youngest patient in treatment, and soon he proved to be the most dangerous. Just weeks after arriving, a fellow inmate died of cyanide poisoning. Hospital authorities were mystified, but Graham was more than happy to take the credit. Eager to show off, he told them he'd poisoned the man by extracting cyanide from the leaves of a laurel bush in a nearby field. Doctors, however, ignored his claims and recorded the death as a suicide. But Graham wasn't done proving himself. During his stay, he poisoned staff and patients alike. He slipped cleaning solutions into coffee cups and once spiked a communal tea urn. Staff reportedly joked to one another, unless you behave, I'll let Graham make your coffee. But on February 4, 1971, after serving nine years of his 15-year sentence, Graham was released. His doctors determined that he no longer harbored juvenile obsessions with poisons, violence, and mischief. The young poisoner, they thought, was cured. But they couldn't have been more wrong. After his release, 23-year-old Graham found work at a factory in the town of Bovington, northwest of London. Around this same time, residents swiftly fell ill. Locals believed an aggressive virus had swept the city. They named it the Bovingdon Bug. But Graham's co-workers seemed to suffer the most serious symptoms. They ranged from hair loss and impotence to scaly skin and paralysis. And soon, Graham's boss and a colleague died from the mysterious sickness. Eventually, forensic scientists discovered the symptoms were consistent with thallium poisoning and later traced the so-called Bovingdon bug to Graham. 
A search of his bedroom yielded dozens of poisons and volumes of detailed journals. Graham's meticulous documentation of his crimes damned him. In June of 1972, the 24-year-old faced trial again. But this time, the ample evidence ensured he was convicted of murder. Graham was ultimately given four consecutive life sentences at Parkhurst, a maximum security prison in the English Channel, but he wouldn't serve long. On August 1, 1990, Graham Young died at the age of 42. Prison doctors ruled it a heart attack, but others believe the ingenious poisoner concocted a toxic cocktail and took his own life a fitting death for the diabolical killer. Today, stories of the so-called teacup poisoner live on long after Graham Young's death. Though Graham himself was proud of his notoriety, he ironically hated the moniker he'd been given. He claimed the word teacup belittled his skill and experience, and he much preferred to be known as the world poisoner. Luckily for us, he never achieved such lofty ambitions. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original, Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson